Hello, and welcome to Workforce Insights with Employ Milwaukee Podcast. I'm your host, Shaitania Brown, President and CEO of Employ Milwaukee. Today, we are delighted to be joined by a special guest, Mr. Peter Fagan, President of the Milwaukee Bucks, our hometown professional basketball team. Go Bucks! Peter has played a pivotal role in helping to breathe life back into the Bucks and has been very active throughout the greater Milwaukee community on a variety of business and philanthropic fronts. Welcome, Peter. We're glad to have you join us today. Shaitania, thanks very much. Great to be here. So I was looking at your bio and you have quite the resume. Can you tell our listening audience a little bit more about yourself and how you got your start in the sports and entertainment business industries? Sure. Um, I, I went to school, I went to college and got a great job after college working at a Six Flags theme park uh, selling group sales. Uh, so think about going, wow. to, going to every employment group you can imagine, to camps, to, uh, to postal unions, you name it. I sold picnics. I sold groups. I, I kind of evolved and, and uh, learned promotions and marketing, and it really caught the bug for sales and marketing. And from Six Flags Theme Park, so I got an opportunity to work at Madison Square Garden for a number of years, left Madison Square Garden as the chief marketing officer, um, and then went on to an entrepreneurial kind of chapter where um, a company called Marquee Jet was just starting in private aviation and uh, a partnership with Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway uh, company, NetJets, and went on to become the president of Marquee Jet, uh, which was then acquired by NetJets, which was Warren Buffett's um, wholly owned company and worked mm-hmm. for NetJets for a couple of years. And uh, all during that period, just to tell you where your professional roadmap can go. Right. I have an identical twin brother who was a teacher and who became a principal of a school who happened to teach uh, the, the, the children of two of our owners of, of the Milwaukee Bucks. And one of the owners was looking to buy a team or invest in a team for a number of years. And one time during their parent conference, my brother suggested, why don't you talk to my brother He was at Madison Square Garden. He understands it. He's not one of your quant nerds who uh, just looks at numbers. He actually can tell you something about the teams. Make a long story short, I probably went on five or six visits to different teams with with Mark Lazary to to look to buy a team. And then one Thursday night, Mark called me and said, you know, there's this Senator Herb Cole is looking looking to sell the Milwaukee Bucks could you spend some time and uh, see if this is for real? And uh, 24 hours later, it was for real. And, um, and that's how I got to the Bucks um, from there. And, and the Bucks at the time did not have the vision. We like to pretend we did, but we had no idea that we'd have the opportunity to build a district, you know, build, you know, employ thousands of people, look at commercial and residential and entertainment and, and kind of build, one of the better franchises in the league at that time, we were just kind of desperate to convince the city, county and state to help us build an arena or else we'd have to move. Right. And, and, and I, we're so happy born and raised here to, to see the bugs just totally turn things around. And for all the listeners out there, as you can see the path to where you want to be, it, it doesn't start out pretty. But if you stay at it, you get to where you want to go. And so you, the Bucks ownership, and the rest of the organization have done a tremendous job in turning the franchise around and, and transforming the team into a legitimate NBA 
championship contender as well as one of the hottest tickets in town, if not the entire league. So what goes into creating a championship workplace and business culture and getting buy-in from the staff, personnel, and the community, as you mentioned? Well, I think you, you start from 30,000 feet and you start from leadership. So our owners, you know, have a vision. We want to be the best sports entertainment company in the world, period. That that has a, thousands of touch points. That means a lot of different things. You know, recently it's meant, you know, we certainly can't be the best if we're not the most inclusive, you know, if we're not the most diverse, um, if, we're, if, if we don't care the most about our internal constituents. But... You know, I think when you look when you look at how we get there, I mean, one of the big things is we're a performance culture. So we are about we are about sales. We're about driving growth. We are mm-hmm. a customer service business, like you can't imagine. I mean, if, if you're if you don't have service in your DNA, probably probably not the right business for you to be in because this is all about making the customer, in our case, the fan, feel great on their purchase and want to come back every, every time. So I'd say overall, it's about having goals and objectives to really become the best. And then in leadership, it's, it's creating that roadmap, you know, mm-hmm. and really giving people the opportunity to, to contribute and figure out like, how do we get there? And how do we improve every day? That's that. That's good to hear because we know in service, it, you want people to come back. I remember visiting the Bucks um, Pfizer Forum when it was being built, and I was privileged to actually get to come inside um, and see it before it was finished. And it was just amazing um, what you guys have been able to do. My next question is uh, has a two part to it. So how has the Bucks organization dealt with the players and other employees as it relates to workplace operation during this coronavirus pandemic? And what's been the business impact given the fact that not only games have been impacted, but um, you guys have other revenue that you generate um, by building Pfizer forms, such as the concerts? Um, Have many of those been put on hold? Do you expect things to bounce back to the prior levels pre uh, coronavirus pandemic. Yeah, so I'll answer that is, you, you know, this has been devastating. So we're an event-based business. We're, we really depend on, you know, at the core for, for Milwaukee Bucks basketball, both, both on broadcast and for live events. So we went from, you know, making, you know, a profit for the first time probably in maybe ever, you know, mm-hmm. for, for the Milwaukee Bucks to, to losing tens of millions of dollars overnight, you know, the, wow. sec- the second we shut down. And that's really a combination of you, you have shut down all the concerts, you've shut down all the games, and, you know, we have another, you know, 100 events, whether they be weddings, whether they be uh, annual meetings and things like those as well. So, so, and then all the ancillary business. So when you come to Pfizer, if you're parking, which is a piece of revenue, you're eating, you're drinking, you might go, you know, you might go out to one of the one of the restaurants in the Deer District before or afterwards. So it's this whole ecosystem that just basically has come screeching to a halt. Um, I think we're thinking that recovery is really going to be 18 to 24 months to really think about you know, and that's really pending on when people, you know, feel comfortable at capacity attending games again and, and when it's safe and, and probably not going to happen till post-vaccine. 
right. to really get to those numbers in in a big way. Um, so the the business impact has been, you know, tremendous. Like you know, it, it really has like changed our viewpoint. It's made us pivot. It's made us think about what business in the future is going to be like. We spend a lot of time modeling, you know, how do we even conduct business at 30% capacity, at 50%, at 70%, all for health, health security and safety, which, which we never thought about. You know, before we right. jump into this, this pandemic, this, this social injustice epidemic and, and the economic recession, you never would have thought about things like this. And it's just changed our lives like overnight. Yeah, and so just thinking about, um, we've seen on the news that the NBA season is tentatively scheduled to restart on July 31st. What does that mean for the Bucks? What does it mean for Milwaukee? What does that look like? Well, number one, it's great news because it means the Bucks for the 1920 season can compete for an NBA championship. You know, so one of the most fragile things ever, and that's one of our goals. You know, we want to win a championship on the court. Uh, because so much follows after that. But, um, you know, what it means for us is it's certainly a positive economically because what's happened to the NBA is, you know, we've lost as a league hundreds of millions of dollars without playing games, without having ticketed um, ticket revenue, sponsor revenue, food and beverage revenue, um, parking revenue, all that stuff has stopped. What this allows us to do is is probably recoup a few hundred million dollars in television revenue of which if we didn't have economically would have taken us that much longer to dig out of that hole. So, so it's a, it's a big, big positive. It doesn't help us too much locally in a big way, but it helps us, you know, on a, on a national league level in a very big way. You know, I'm thinking back to when Pfizer Forum was first constructed, you worked very closely with Employment Milwaukee to ensure that city residents, especially underrepresented individuals, were connected to construction and post-construction training and jobs. As the entertainment district builds out around the forum, do you have additional plans for encouraging investment in small and minority-owned businesses and workers? Yeah, I think what we've done, you know, other than really punch bowl social, you know, which has changed is like one of the things we really wanted to focus on is local business and not, you know, big box retailers to to be around. I think if you look at the way we've we've started with residential with Royal Capital, you know, which is, you know, kind of sad but optimistic is like our first, you know, minority developer of residential in downtown, you know, is in the mm-hmm. Deer District, like with Royal Capital and the 550 lofts. Um, in a big way. So we go out of our way to, to, to really prospect and look for that diverse development partner. We want this to be, we want this to be the example of, of where people live, work and play and really become that next generation city. And to be that generation city, you've got to be, you've got to have some, some youth, you've got to have some diversity, you've got to, it's got to be exciting, it's got to be cool to be around. It's really got to kind of inject enthusiasm. And then on the whole other side of, of labor employment, I mean, we, you know, I don't, I can't think of another group in the state of Wisconsin that really fought for and, and really made, you know, kind of the $15 minimum wage, you know, to, to get close to closer to uh, a living wage, right. you know, in the service business in a big way. And then when we built this arena, we spent a lot of time on things like our apprentice program. So not only did we have a preferred employment program, to, to really target the zip codes in and around 
uh, Pfizer, but we also spent millions of dollars on getting folks into the trades, uh, which never would have happened unless you had the vehicle of such a huge construction project. Right. Uh, and, and really wanted to like make the model, you know, so people would follow. Absolutely. And, and you mentioned youth. So as an organization here at Employment Milwaukee that serves youth, we're always looking for positive experiences to develop teamwork, leadership, self-confidence, self-discipline, and coping skills. How do you feel sports can impact youth development? And what advice would you give a young person who's interested in basketball or any sport for that matter? Well, I do. Number one is, is do your research. Number two is, mar- is network like you've never networked before. So Milwaukee is a very small city. That's, it's almost impossible if you actually wanted to make contact with person, whether it was me, whether it was one of our, our, our department heads, whether it was the Brewers, whether it was the Packers. It's hard if you went out of your way to take the initiative and to, to make contact. You couldn't make contact. And I say for every you know young person looking for an experience is, is curiosity. You know, part of like what you want to do is really figure out you don't know what's out there. So to ask the questions, to really dig in, internships are really vitally important just to get exposure. And then finally, collect people. So when you meet people, you know, it, it's all about real life. It's how do you keep the dialogue going? People want to help people. So how do you continue to network and communicate with professionals. Um, and that's what happens, you know, that's what happens in, in, in the world. And we've got to take a lot of our youth and, and almost train them to network, to communicate, to be professional, to understand how to, how to be coached for an interview and perform in an interview. All these things are really trained, um, trained practices that, that you can get very good at and there are resources to get good at them. Um, you, you just don't naturally have them, but it's really creating a system to help you figure out and explore and find out where the opportunities are. Absolutely. For all my young listeners, do you hear that networking, 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 that is key um, to anything that you would choose to do in life. Um, question uh, before I change um, kind of the subjects a little bit, how has the Milwaukee Bucks Foundation been impacted by this pandemic and everything that's been happening? So it's, it's a great question. We've done a couple things. Number one is we're a grant-based foundation. So we actually stopped our grant allocation, which usually happens in the, uh, in the late spring for the pandemic and, and thought for emergency purposes, uh, we might pivot and, and think about granting specifically for those in need uh, right away, you know, with the, with the pandemic. We also, on a parallel path, built emergency relief fund um, with, with uh, the Greater Milwaukee Foundation and raised uh, over a million and a half dollars to help pay our part-time and hourly employees um, over this period in a, in a big way. So I think, you know, the world has changed so quickly. One of the things we did was pivot really quickly on our, on our charitable efforts and our support and our community efforts to really focus on, number one, trying to compensate everybody we can for as long as we can mm-hmm. in the marketplace, even though there, there's no work. Number two, food. So there's, there's, there's a real suffering going on and, and, uh, and lack of food distribution during this recession that uh, I don't know if people are 
you know, in the general public are as familiar with as they should be, but we have used a lot of our financial resources and a lot of our resources at Fiserv Forum to help really inventory the food pantries as well as, um, as, uh, as well as fund a lot of the food programs in and around Milwaukee. And I want to thank you all for that, because a lot of people have not thought about the impact of this pandemic and um, the need for food for individuals with everything being shut down, children um, not at school and being able to get the meals in school. And it's been critical. And so that is really good to hear. And as I change subjects for a minute, I I just want to, you know, I would be remiss if I, I didn't bring this up, but the recent killing of George Floyd and the global protests and related protests have awakened new conversations about anti-racism, anti-police brutality against African-Americans and calls for social justice to the forefront. Um, when you came on board, there were Bucks players who personally experienced racism and police brutality during their time in Milwaukee. Are we at a point of reckoning relative to segregation, racism, and race-related issues here in greater Milwaukee and the rest of the country? I don't know if it's the inflection point of reckoning, but it certainly is an awakening that we should take advantage of. And we have a massive platform, you know, in a league that's 80% African-American that that really is socially active. We think there's a huge responsibility, and, and, and there really is this kind of awakening, I think, from, from, from all um, – from, from, from African-Americans and from all marginalized uh, like citizens, which has been just awful. And I think it's, you know, I think Milwaukee is certainly like other cities seen its fair share of, of racism and segregation, but, but these are, you know, these are tough times, but huge opportunities to change opinions, you know, change legislation to really create awareness in a big way. And I think, you know, we're, we're kind of excited about it. We think there's a real social responsibility uh, for us as an organization. Our, our players are active in the community and certainly active on the social justice front. Um, so, so the murder of George Floyd has, has really kind of been this catalyst to, to kind of awaken so many people and so many organizations that I think for us, we, we just don't want it to become silent. You know, one of our strategies is how do we keep, how do we keep this awareness, you know, extremely high so it just doesn't fade over, over weeks, over months. And not to answer this in, in just the longest fashion, but, you know, it, it's, it's opened our eyes to some inequalities and, and unfairness internally that we can get much better at. You know, whether that's representation, whether that's hearing people's voices, um, you know, whether it's just support systems and resources, you know, for, for groups of folks. I, th- I think what it's done for, for us internally at the Bucks is, is we had this false sense of, hey, we're doing great stuff. The truth is we can do a whole lot better and we feel one on the competitive set. We want to be the innovators. We want to be the leaders in everything we do. And, and two is like we have a social responsibility to, 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 to be the leader and, and show the way. And Peter, that is so refreshing to hear. The conversations have to continue. We cannot stop talking about it. You know, there are situations that happen. You see protests, conversations start and then they stop. The only way that you can even begin to, in my opinion, um, start to make change is you stop. You got to keep the conversations going. You got to keep this at the forefront. It cannot get buried when we get back to some sense of normalcy. These con- 
every day there's something new to learn every day. Um, there's new things happening and these conversations have to continue. And I appreciate you for um, even with all that you've done, still taking a look within your organization to see how you guys can even get better. Um, that is very refreshing to hear. I want to thank you for sharing your insights with us today. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. Do you have any parting words that you want to leave to our listeners? Go Bucks! Yay, go Bucks! Thanks so much. Thank you, Peter. Thank you so much. And I look forward to our face-to-face -face meeting one of these days in the near future. Thanks for listening to Workforce Insights, where workforce development is our business. Make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about Employ Milwaukee, visit www.employmilwaukee.org. That's www.employmilwaukee.org. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next time with a new episode.